I've actually got a word from the Lord for us all today. And I tell you what, I hope you fasten your seatbelts, okay? Fasten your seatbelts. We're going to speak about breakthrough. Breakthrough. And so we're going to look at an account in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 to 25. It's the account of David. And um, this is what it reads. It says, now when the Philistines, can you see that? The light isn't so great. Hey, somebody put the sun out today. But it says, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perazim. Everybody say that. Baal Perazim. Get used to it. Baal Perazim. There we go. Different pronunciations, but it's okay. Depends what part of the country you're from. But uh, anyway, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place. Oh, that's weak. What did he call the place? Oh, okay. And they left, that's the Philistines, they left their images there, their little gods that they brought with them. And David and his men carried them away. David and his men carried away the idols and the little golden images that the Philistines had brought to war. In verse 22, then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So it's the same tactic, it's a second battle. There's two battles that are taking place here. Verse 23, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, and he said, God said to David, you shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees, and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him. Oh, you know what, the, it works, it helps to obey, it really does. And he drove back the Philistines from Gibar and as far as Geziar. So this is an account, two battles that took place with, uh, with King David. And I love it, in verse 17 it said that David, when, they heard, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king, it says all the Philistines went up to search for him. That's hundreds of thousands of men. That's a lot of people. All of them came looking for David. It's not just a little motley crew. You know, it's not just a few of them. They were huge in number. And the interesting thing is that these Philistines, the enemy, basically, they came along and they bought all their little golden images, I suppose like a little rabbit's foot, a good luck charm. Well, they believed in that little rabbit's foot, whatever it was, that golden image, but they bought it with them. But those gods were of no relevance, no use. But we see in verse 20, verse 20 of 2 Samuel 5, David says, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me 
like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. What did he call it? Baal Perazim. That's it. That's great. Baal Perazim. Now, what does that mean? Whenever we see the word Baal, that word Baal means Lord or Master. And the word Perazim comes from another word, which is Paras, which means to breach or to break. Whether it's breaking through something, whether it's breaking out of something, or it's breaking something into pieces. This is what it means. It's bursting forth. So it's therefore the place of Baal Perazim. In the Bible, places, names are of very important significance. And David named this place Baal Perazim. It was a place where his enemies were broken into pieces. And so there were two victories that David had there, these two battles that David had there, and they were very significant. It was David and his army fighting hundreds of thousands of Philistines, but God broke through. God broke through for him. And the same thing, you know what, during January, as you know, as we keep on harping on about this, but in January we're holding 31 days of breakthrough. Just five minutes, three times a day. Three times a day, go and pray for five minutes. That's 15 minutes a day, praying for your brothers and your sisters. Doesn't even only have to be in this congregation, it can be any of the congregations, any people that you know, but pray for other people for 15 minutes a day. And so over a whole month of 31 days, that's gonna be 465 minutes. That's just over seven hours. Seven hours over a month is nothing. When you think seven hours, I mean, I've been up for seven hours. No, not quite, but almost. But seven hours goes quickly. But that's all we're going to do, pray for seven three-quarter hours over a month of January. We're not, and we're not going to just pray for a trickle for people. We're not just going to say, well, Lord, just, just touch them. You know, just, 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 no. We're praying for breakthrough in people's lives. We want to see significant breakthrough in everybody's life. We want to see people experience a Baal Perazim in your own lives, not just our own. We want to see a breaking out. So whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's school, whether it's university, whether it's your career, no matter what it is, every aspect of your life, your church, the church, the movie nights. We want to see Baal Perazim breaking out here in the movie nights. We want to see people's lives touched and changed by the power of the gospel through the movie nights. Come on, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stir ourselves up, but we're going to believe for significant breakthrough in 2022 in all our lives. And so we're going to look at this account of David, because the Bible says that all scripture is written for our admonition. In other words, we, we can, the word counsels us we can learn from David. And we know that David was an accomplished soldier and, and leader, and he had fought many battles previously. Yet, when he heard that the Philistines were searching for him, what did he do? First thing he did, this is too low for me, first thing he did was he went to his stronghold. He went to his stronghold. Now, stronghold is, in this sense, is not meant in a negative sense. There is a negative connotation to a stronghold. It's a pattern of the way some people can think. 
it can become a stronghold. But in this term, in this sense, stronghold is not meant in a negative sense. Stronghold means a peak of a mountain. It means a fortress. David didn't go to the stronghold because he was hiding in fear. He wasn't running away from the enemy. Instead, he was fortifying himself. He went to the stronghold to fortify himself, to strengthen himself. Remember, we, we spoke last year how David encouraged himself in the Lord when he was... Um, the sun really is in the wrong place today. Excuse me while I move. It's putting me off. Is this okay if I move over here? I'm coming a little bit closer. Now I'm on, you're in the spitting zone. <laughs> there we go. That's it. So David wasn't hiding. When, when, David went, when, when David and his men were attacked in Ziglag, do you remember that account? And then his things were bad. You know, the, the, the enemy had come in and ravaged the whole burnt, raised the place to the ground, gone away, taken away all the women and children. And what did David do? Then the men wanted to stone him. David's men wanted to stone him. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 30, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord. In other words, he went to his stronghold. Same for us. When we're going through trials, we don't just collapse under pressure. We're not going to collapse under pressure. Let's encourage ourselves. Let's strengthen ourselves in the Lord. If we want to see breakthrough in our lives, we cannot be weak and whimsical. And I'm not saying be strong in your own might. No, be, the Bible says be strong in the be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But we, in order to do that, we need to go to our stronghold. Look at he wrote, look at David wrote in Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2. David wrote this. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation. In other words, he's my strength, my stronghold. God is, is, was David's stronghold. And David wrote this psalm just after God had delivered him from the hands of his enemy and also from King Saul. What David did, first thing he went, he went to his stronghold. He went to the source of his strength. He went to God, his deliverer, his protector, his stronghold. And the same thing for us with Psalm 91, encourages us in Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place, the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. Psalm 91. He is my refuge and my fortress, my stronghold. That word fortress means stronghold. My God, in him I will trust. When we have trials come against us, when we have situations come against us, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, we run to God. We go to our stronghold. That's where we get our strength from. And I love that wording in that, he who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow where God goes, I go. 
where his shadow is, I'm there, boy. I want to be where God is. I want to be on the action. I don't know about anybody else, but I want to abide, live, dwell in that secret place of the Most High. Like David, who went to the Most High God. He went to his source. We too, we go to our stronghold. But we don't just go and pop in for a visit. We don't just sort of pop in here and there. No, we dwell there. We spend time with him. You know what? Time produces something. There's something about time. I know as I'm getting older, I think, man, I didn't realize how wise I was. No, I'm just kidding. No, I've got to stay humble. No, <laughs> but there's something about time. It does something. It's good for you. Time is good for you. You know, it's okay. During the day, we send up breath prayers. You know, all day, I, I, God lays people on my heart. Man, I quickly, Lord, I thank you for, I thank you for Andrew, Father God. I pray your blessing upon him as he works, as he represents you in his workplace. Done. And that's good. But that's not what I'm talking about. Okay? Little breath prayers, people God lays on your heart, pray for them, praise God for that. But I'm talking about spending time. Listen to what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. He says, but you... But you and me, when you pray, when I pray, go to your room. Sounds like your mother. Go to your room. He says, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. But he says, go to your room and shut the door. Why? Shut out the distractions. It's good to send up pop-up little prayer requests and prayer needs during the day, but go into your room, shut the door, take away your phone. For me, I leave my phone out the room. Don't bring it in. Just shut the door. Get away from distractions. Pray to your Father in heaven. And the, the Passion says, go to your innermost chamber and be alone with God. Go to your innermost chamber and get alone with God. You know what, before going to battle, you need to get alone with God. There's an expression that says, meet with God before you meet with the devil. Meet with God. Jesus, our prime example. The Bible says in Luke, in fact, throughout the Gospels, Jesus often withdrew from the, from the multitudes. He, 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 he would go into the wilderness. He often withdrew on his own into the wilderness and prayed. So what, same for us. We want to do mighty exploits for God. We want to see people saved. We want to see people healed. We want to see people set free. It's not going to happen in a vacuum. We need to get, we need to spend time with him. We need to go to that stronghold. We need to go to that secret place to get alone with God. So looking at David again, we look at that account and we see that there were two battles. Battle number one in verse 18 in 2 Samuel Chapter 5. Listen to this. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. That's battle 1. Battle 2 in verse 22. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So they used the same strategy for both battles. The same strategy. They went to the valley of Rephaim, they deployed themselves. But we see David's responses. Battle 1, verse 19. Just these words. David inquired of the Lord. Battle number 2, 
the, the enemy has deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. In verse 23, David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. He didn't assume to do the same thing twice. Even though David was an accomplished soldier, he had fought numerous armies, numerous battles. He had, he had faced giants. He had faced fighting King Saul. But he didn't assume anything. He didn't just assume, well, this is what I did the first battle, so therefore I do this in the second battle. No, he sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. There was no assumption, no presumption. Instead, David, this great warrior, this one of the most powerful leaders in the Bible, he humbled himself before the Lord and sought God's plan and God's strategy. So my point, first point about this account is, number one, go to your stronghold. In your 31 day, your 30, hour, 31 days of breakthrough, go to your stronghold. Be deliberate. Get alone with God. Get alone with God. Number two, humility. Humility. There's no place for pride. We can't, we can't say, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. You know what, I once faced this battle and this is what God told me and therefore I did it and now I'm facing that battle again. I'm just going to do the same thing as I did before. It doesn't work like that. We need to realize we're dependent on God. He's God, we're not. Hey? He's God and we're not. Pride comes before a fall. Let's remain humble. Listen to what it says in 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6. This is for the younger people. Actually, it's for us all. Listen to it. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. <laughs> yes, all of you, all of us, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. I love that expression. Be clothed with humility. Why? For God resists the proud. Oof, that's terrible. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. You know what? I realized this, is more, this morning. It doesn't say God resists pride. He says God resists the proud. So he doesn't resist pride. Pride is what we could be full of, but he won't resist, he doesn't, he doesn't resist pride, he resists the proud. Those that are in pride, God resists. I don't want God to resist me, I need him. I need him every minute of my life. So be clothed with humility. The Amplified says, for God sets himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disrespectful, and the presumptuous. That, that the proud, presumption is, is based in pride, but he gives grace to the humble. So let's be open to the Holy Spirit. Don't just assume things. Don't assume that because something else worked before, it's going to work again. It's not like that. Listen to what the Passion says. It says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Leave the timing. Previously in, in the New King James, it says that he may exalt you in due time. That he may exalt you in due time. Leave the timing in God's hands. We're not going to go and create Ishmael's. 
like Abraham did with Hagar. We're going to leave the timing to God. The, the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. There are always seasons in our lives. There's seed. Between the seed, planting of a seed and the harvest, remember, Byron spoke about the planting of the seed last year, that, but there was this time. There's this time aspect between the planting of the seed and the harvest. But God's timing, God's timing is perfect, and we can trust him. So in this 31 days of breakthrough, not all breakthrough will be immediate. I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking unbelief, but I'm just speaking reality here. Not all breakthrough will be immediate. We've seen it year after year. Every January, we spend a time praying, we spend a time fasting, and after this 31 days of, of prayer, we're going into a period of fasting in February. It'll only be about 10 to 14 days, so it's not too serious, it's not too long. But often what happens is we see God breaking out in people's lives later in the year because that is his timing. That's when, that's when God's got, but we have to lay the foundation. It's like what Chris was speaking about before with the offering. It's about the first fruits. Why are we praying in January? Because it's the first fruits. It's the first fruits of our life. Let's seek first the kingdom of God. Let's put him first in all that we do, and we will see the harvest. But there, sometimes there's this time aspect between the, the actual manifestation. So, David had gone to his stronghold. He'd strengthened himself in the Lord. He'd fortified himself. He humbled himself before the Lord. He asked God for, should I go to battle? He didn't presume or assume anything. And this now leads me to my third point, which is be specific in prayer. David was very specific. In verse 20, it says, David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver me, deliver them into my hand? He asked God, he said, should I go against the enemy? He actually asked God. He didn't just assume that he could go against the enemy. He wanted to know, is it right? And the same for us. We don't have to fight every battle. We can choose our fights, choose our battles. Sometimes, you know what, things come along, the enemy can lure us in. That's the, the Bible says that the enemy, the, 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 the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion, he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But the, you know what? He can seek whom he may devour, but he may not devour here. We will put him in his place, but don't take the bait. Don't take that scandal on. Remember that stumbling block. Don't take offense. Don't take that, but don't take that bait of Satan. Inquire of the Lord. Sometimes when things, when you're confronted with things, Lord, you want me to actually engage in this fight. And you know what, I'm, I'm a bit of a, you know, I can be a bit aggressive at times, okay, I'm sorry, but I can be. But then, but so my, my normal, my natural response is to attack. It's to say, no, this is wrong, and that is wrong, and this is right. But I've had to learn as I grow older, actually, that's not God's way. Sometimes it's okay, it's all right. Just leave it. Walk away. Just walk away. Don't take offense. Just walk away. Don't, don't fight that battle. Just leave it. And, and God, I, have, I stay in peace. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I love it. But don't take the bait. 
But there's only one fight that we are actually encouraged to fight in the Bible, and that's the good fight of faith. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Why is it a good fight? Because we win. Thanks, Chris. Because we win. So, we need to be specific in our prayer. David was specific when he went to the Lord. And we too. We need to be specific in our prayer. Don't always go to God and say, I mean, I did this sometimes. You know, oh Lord, you know all things. You know what I have need of. And God's like, yes, but can you tell me what it is you want, please? Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. But be specific about your need. Not, not, we're not going to be mystical, you know. Oh Lord, you know what I have need of. No, be specific, like David. And let him instruct you. Remember, David, David inquired of the Lord, and then God instructed him. Two battles, two different strategies. The enemy had the same strategy. God had two different strategies. The first strategy, yes, go up and fight them. The second strategy, no, don't. You go around, you go behind by the mulberry trees, and when you hear the sound in the, in the, in the tops of the trees, then you, then you know God's gone ahead of you. So, but wait, but you've got to wait for that instruction. So in verses 19 and 20, David was asking God, shall I go up against the Philistines? He's so specific. Will you deliver them into my hand? In other words, will you give me victory, God? Will you give me victory? And I just love God's response. The Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. What, what a word from God. That I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. And the next verse it says, so David went to Baal Perazim and David defeated them there. David had a part to play. He had to inquire of the Lord. He was specific about his need. He was specific about his prayer and God told him what he had to do and then he did it, and then he got the victory. So we've got a part to play, but we'll, cut, we'll touch on that maybe next week. But David marched onto that battlefield with total confidence in God. God had said to him, doubtlessly I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. Like um, Veronica testified, we walk by faith, not by sight. We don't look to the things which are seen. The things which are seen are temporary and subject to change. But the things that are not seen are eternal and are of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. Can you imagine David? He was facing hundreds of thousands of Philistines with him and his army. He, 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 he stood to lose, but he went before God and he sought God. And God gave him an instruction. And he didn't look at the, the number he didn't look at the, the huge number of the Philistines. He trusted in God. Don't be swayed by what you see. Don't be, don't be, don't be swayed by what the doctors say, by what anybody else says, what, what the report might say. Be swayed by what God says. What is, whose report will we believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. We sang it this morning. All of his promises are yes and amen in Christ. We can take God at his word. There's a song, this woman, uh, 
Judy Jacobs. She's actually friends, I think, with Karen Wheaton. I'm name dropping now. So as South Africans, we do that. We name drop. Okay, but if you've never heard of either of them, it doesn't matter. But uh, Judy Jacobs, she's a brilliant singer in America. And she sang this song. And the line goes, God said it. I believe it. That settles it for me. I won't sing it, okay? But, but she's really animated. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it for me. And now you're going to say the same. God said it. That settles it. Oh, what's I believe, I believe it. You see, you confused me. Sorry, I was so busy listening to you. You were brilliant. Sorry, I messed it up. Let's try it again. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it for me. No ifs, buts, or maybes. You know what? If you had a financial need today and God said to you, I will doubtlessly provide for you. Would you believe him? Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course we would. So we need to have faith in God. Have faith in his word. Believe him. Trust him that what he says will come to pass. He's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. He's not going to say, oh, oh sorry, I made a mistake. No, I'm sorry. I, I thought I could provide for you, but no, I'm sorry, I can't. My hands are tied. No, that's not God. God said, I will provide for you. I will meet all your needs. But we need to spend time getting to know him. Not just know about him, but to know him intimately, personally, and the way we do it, we go to our stronghold, we spend time with him, we get acquainted with him. Like that's, that series that Chris shared on last year about walking in his ways. It's not about do, do, do. We do this, we do this, we do this, the Ten Commandments. It's not that. It's about getting to know him, walking in his ways, walking in, in, in your integrity, knowing, God, what are you saying to me? Being led by his Holy Spirit. This is what it's all about. Trust. It's about trusting him, about having faith. Thank you, Anne. Anne brought the scripture at the last prayer meeting that we had on Wednesday night. If you've not dialed into a Zoom call, do so. Wednesday night on the 19th will be the next one. Anne brought the scripture, Mark 11:22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. But we've got to have faith in God. We can't have faith in someone that we don't know. Trust takes time. You know what, when you get to know, when, you, when, you, when I first met Chris, I mean, I was attracted to him instantly, and he was attracted to my magnetic personality, and you know, we, and every, we, we ran in slow motion. No, it didn't happen like that. But, but we fell in love, and, and you know what? Um, but the longer I've known Chris, the, the, the more I learn about him. Every single day, there's new things I learn about him. And, and I know I can trust him. I've always known I could trust him, but even more so, but same with God. We need to spend time with him. We need to get to know him, get to know his ways. You know what, there's a scripture that says, that uh, God says that I will guide you with my eye. You know, it always reminds me of my mother, um, you know, but um, she used to say, you know, if we did anything wrong, she'd just do that look, you know, that awful look. And, and she would just sort of stare and, um, and just sort of, she, she wouldn't have to say, listen, go and do such and such. She would just say, hi, Nuri, just grab a seat here at the front quickly. Welcome. 
You're just in time for the ending. So, um, but, but God said that he will guide us with his eye. And sometimes when, when you're doing, when you're in the middle of a situation, when you're in the middle of a situation, then God says, you know, he just sort of gives a glance. Like, this is what you need to do. And so it's not confusing. It's very easy that he will guide us with his eye. But t- trust takes time. So 31 days of breakthrough, we're believing for Baal Perazim to manifest in people's lives. It's not just about prayer lists. It's not about gimme, 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 my name's Jimmy, okay? It's not about bless us for and no more. It's not that. It's about praying for breakthrough, that Baal Perazim, that breakthrough in people's lives. It's about getting to know God. It's about getting to know him. Philippians 3.10 from the Amplified says, this is Paul who said, my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. That's what it's all about, spending time with him, getting to know him, becoming familiar with God, not in a bad negative way, but familiar with his ways, so that when he guides you with his eye, when, when, when you feel tempted to do such and such, but you just feel God saying, Mm-mm, don't do that, just, just look this way. You know, if it's a chocolate cake, let's, let's, let's keep it simple. You know, if it's chocolate cake, and you're tempted by chocolate cake, and God says, no, look, look at the fruit bowl, okay. And then you can resist, resist temptation, but be guided by his eye, be guided by his spirit, okay. So if we want to, we, we, we need to trust God, we need to have confidence in him. Listen to Proverbs 14, 26, it says, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. Strong confidence. We can have confidence in the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man who believes in, trusts in, and relies on the Lord, and whose hope and confidence is the Lord. Our hope and confidence. We can have confidence. David went to that battlefield in confidence. He didn't go onto that battlefield like, am I going to be defeated or am I going to have victory? He went because God says, I will doubtlessly deliver you. He went onto that battlefield with total confidence. 1 John 5, 14, meditate on the scripture. Meditate on the scripture. <clears throat> Our confidence, this is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, this is his will. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions we've asked of him. It's such a, it's such a powerful scripture. We'll go over it next week. But we can have confidence in God. We know we have the petitions that we have asked when we ask in accordance with his word. David inquired of the Lord. And we need to inquire of the Lord when facing situations. If you perhaps don't know, you might say, what is his will for my life? Maybe you've got financial need. Maybe you're suffering lack. Is it God's will that you suffer lack? The answer is no. 
1 John 3 says that I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. It's God's will that you are not in financial lack. So we can stand on his word because his word says that my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. Maybe you've got, um, a, maybe it's a, a, a healing situation. You're in need of healing. You're not sure if it's God's will to be healed. Well, God, healing is part of the atonement. And it is God's will for your life to be healed. I can say categorically, it is God's will. 1 Peter 2.24 says that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I was healed. 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price for my sin and my healing. Psalm 103 says, forget not all his benefits. He's healed all my diseases. We can have confidence in God and his word. We can trust him but we've got to spend time with him. But we've got to get a word from him, hold on to it. It's not a matter of blind faith. It's not a matter of, well, I'm trusting God. That's a good word. Yes, we're trusting God, but based on what? Where's your scripture? Give me a scripture. I know it's not a formula, it's, but get, you've got to know that what you're praying is in line with God's will for your life. Okay. We often hear this expression, well, just let go and let God. And I think, well, let go of what? Yes, let go of offences, let go of unforgiveness, let go of bitterness. But, but the Bible is quite clear. It says lay hold. It says lay hold of it. Listen to 1 Timothy 6.12, my final scripture. It says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold of God. Lay hold of his promises. His promises are yes and amen, but lay hold of them. Allow the word to become flesh in your hearts. So, lessons from David, 31 days of breakthrough, four points. Number one, go to your stronghold. Go to your stronghold, get strengthened, get fortified in God. Number two, inquire of the Lord. Be humble, be humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Number three, be specific in prayer. Not, well, Lord, you know what I have need of. No, be specific. Lord, I need this. Lord, I'm praying for my brother, my sister, for this, for breakthrough in their life. Have faith, have confidence in God and his word. Amen. Amen.